0: right, if you have your Bibles, turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 8, moving right along through this great book. It's been a challenge. I was telling Brother Travis this afternoon that I think Ecclesiastes takes more study than any study that I've been through uh, because it's not just a flowing story, it's a lot of individual truths like the book of Proverbs. And so chapter eight is one of the best. Uh, They're all good. But uh, chapter 8 is where we left off, and I believe that's slide number 5, brother, is where we're going to start. Just get out of 7 and get into 8. So I preached a message on get out of Romans 7 and get into Romans 8. And so, um, yeah, this is what about the wicked and uh, the authority they have and all the things that's going on, uh, what, what should our reaction be? Last week, we preached on how to get wisdom, and uh, wisdom comes through uh, not wasting trouble. James 1:5 God gives us uh, prayer to get wisdom. We asked and he said he'd give us liberally. Through the word of God. He's the only wise God, immortal, invisible. He's in the high tower, Psalms 18:2. He's overall when we can't see the runway, much less land the plane, he's in the high tower. We have to listen and we don't need to uh, we don't need to fly by autopilot. We need to fly with the pilot captain of the host the lord jesus christ and then the spirit gives us wisdom prompts us checks us stops us we can tell we're about to quench the spirit with our attitude of indifference or sin and the holy spirit convicts of righteousness and of judgment and um, um, thank god for the holy spirit because he is the spirit of wisdom and so wisdom Uh, grace is few people verses 27 through 29 of chapter 7 especially chapter 29 where it says we've made inventions in context that means that we've made a lot of sinful things out of uh, by using our minds uh, men men have and seek man-made pleasures instead of the God that will bless you isn't it the truth I mean folks listen there's a lot of good things in this world that's abused like computers I thank God that I have a chance to uh, interrelate with my daughter and uh, grandchildren through uh, through uh, Facebook and through other things. But you you know it can be wicked and it can be uh, very discouraging. But uh, to find wisdom requires uncommon courage. Wisdom will confront your deepest fear, and a lot of times we don't have we don't have the grace and strength to go on. And if we're not careful, we'll get bitter. Uh, it comes by faith because wisdom exposes our weakness just reviewing a little a little bit and then it wisdom will shine light into the shadows of of our deepest self-deception so it takes determination wisdom runs contrary to our emotions um, the devil's a liar and he's a father of all the lies and he wants um, to keep you in a comfort zone of feelings he wants to keep you in a comfort zone of Just believe in the world and go on with the flow. God sometimes knocks us out of our comfort comfort zone and we need the grace of God. We need wisdom. We need wisdom. So um, wisdom helps us to face life stronger. Um, If we ever need wisdom, it's the day when when the breath has been knocked out of us. When we feel just so caught off guard. When we feel so so hurt, just feel so hurt, just trying to preach from my heart tonight, no facade, it's just sometimes things knock the breath out of you, and you know we must react spiritually or we'll all quit, we'll all question, we'll all get mad or bitter, we'll try to get through it in our own strength, that's not wise. So we see this unfolding of wisdom continue in verse 8. It says, Who is as the wise man, and who knoweth the interpretation of a thing? The answer in the Hebrew is nobody does. You don't know all the answers. You don't have all the answers. If it was left to us, we'd have no more pain, no more sorrow, no more goodbyes. But a man's wisdom makes his face to shine. You know what that means? God gives us peace in the midst of the storm. And the boldness of his face shall be changed. Now, folks, he said all that, and he's going to give a whole chapter, and then really what we need to do is come back to verse 1 because he's going to tell us how to fulfill, how to keep our countenance and our boldness in times of trials. I think we need this message, especially our church tonight. Look at verse 2. It says, I counsel thee to keep the king's commandment, and that in regard of... of, of of the oath of God, and so first of all, we see we must be determined to respect authority, even though sometimes authority ain't got a clue what God wants or what God desires. And it's all humanism, and it's all fleshly, and it's wicked. But we gotta we gotta respect the the authority of God, and so I want you to I want you to realize this is that um, God help us not to be hasty. Verse 3, I'll just sort of preach through this, and we'll, we'll go in a few minutes. Don't feel like preaching long tonight. It says, Be not hasty to go out of the sight. Stand not in the evil thing, for he doeth whatsoever pleaseth him. And so the first thing that you can do, if you're not careful, is that you can disobey, verse 2, but verse 3, you can desert and just get all out of, uh, of sorts where you don't submit to anybody's authority because you're so um, hurt at people and at politics and all the things that go on. But look at verse 4. It says, Where the word of the king is, there is, there is power. And who may say unto him, What doest thou? Whoso, uh, whoso keepeth all the commandments shall fill uh, shall no evil thing. And a wise man's heart discerneth both time and judgment. So here we go. You can either be disobedient, you can desert the situation and run from it, you can defy and just walk out of it and just forget God and forget uh, all spiritual authority, or you can have discernment. And I like verse 5 and 6 where it says this. It says, a wise man's heart discerneth both time and judgment. You know, time means that, folks, we're only here for a little while, and God is over all, and he's the authority, and and he, he overrules uh, man's selfishness, and the example of that is Joseph and Daniel. Uh, Daniel purposed in his heart, and the king tried to take advantage of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and it is amazing, as Brother Rick um, Ricky gravely preached, that we use the heathen names of, of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If I could pronounce the others and knew them, I'd just give you their names. But I don't know them. But I want to tell you something, friend. They didn't take on the heathen customs, diet, or priorities. They stayed separated because they purpose in their heart not to defile themselves. What a great sign of wisdom under bad authority. And then Joseph, uh, even his own brothers turned from. Him. That would hurt. That would hurt terribly when your own family turns on you. And he said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Amen. And God spared me to bring a prosperity upon this land, but also a prosperity upon you, brothers. And he could have killed them, especially after daddy died, but he blessed them. And he said in Genesis 50, verse 20, that God meant it for evil. but I mean, uh, you meant it for evil. Man meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. So that's exactly the discernment we need to have is that God will bring everything to pass, uh, judgment, uh, timing for eternity if we'll only trust him. Wherefore, the misery of man is great upon him. And so then we see uh, verses 5 through 8, and I want to give you this outline real quick. If you're just going back down to the probably almost the last one, we need to surrender to the unavoidable. We need to surrender to the unavoidable. Uh, look at verse 5 through 8. This is really timely. I mean, I, I'm just amazed when you preach through the Bible how God has a word for his people and a word for his specific people that's going through some times like we all are. Look at verse 5 through 8, if you would. The Bible says, Whosoever keepeth the commandments shall fill no evil, and a wise man's heart discerneth both time and judgment. In other words, be submissive to authority and God will bless you. Look at verse 6. Because to every purpose there is a time in judgment. Therefore the misery of man is great upon him. For he knoweth not that which shall be. For who can tell him when it shall be? There is no man that hath power over the spirit to retain the spirit. In other words, when it's time for you to go, you're going to go. It's appointed once the man to die and after this the judgment. You cannot rule that. Look at this, it says, neither shall he uh, be, uh, he power in the day of death, or hath he power in the day of death. And there is no discharge in that that war, neither shall wickedness deliver those that are given to it. And so verses 5 through 8, we've got to surrender to the unavoidable. It shows me that, uh, folks, there's four things that's unavoidable. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't unavoid, you can't. Just miss this. Number one, the irreversible passing of time. You know, you can't rewind it and do over. A little child was at a uh, a Davison's department store like I used to go to. And the favorite part of those big old department stores was the candy counter. Y'all remember those? Y'all too young. Y'all don't remember no candy counters in the middle of a department store. But I do. They had orange slices, which I despise but they had malted milk balls that I loved, amen, and praise God, chocolate-covered peanuts, hallelujah, How I many like chocolates, amen, and I mean, that's where I spent most of my time, and my mother often got on for me for spending time around the candy counter, but this little boy had a nickel given to him by his daddy, or his mother, I think it was his mother, and uh, he was carefully looking over all the candies I mean they were all lined up in the little slots in his glass y'all just don't know what y'all are missing amen it's, it's a candy counter in an apartment store and he, he wouldn't make up his mind and finally his mother finished her shopping and he was still trying to make up his mind and he, she, he looked at, up at her and said hey listen mama I've only got one nickel and I must spend it carefully and I'll tell you something friend you got one life and so soon it will pass and only what's done for Christ will last. So give to Jesus all your days, for it's the only life that pays. When you recall, you have but one life, and as that beautiful bulletin board uh, uh, depicts, back in the uh, gym, there's winter to fall, and fall to fall to spring, and spring to summer, and it's over. The seasons of life. And I preached Sunday night. And by the way, I got that poem for the soldiers, in case some of you don't have internet. I put it on the internet, but uh, there it is. You can come get it uh, after the service. But um, we ought to be soldiers. And we ought to be disciplined. and We ought to be faithful. And we ought to be uh, showing up for review often. And we need we need the boot camp of uh, the Word of God. We need to know the weapon, but we need to know the enemy, folks. We're in a warfare, and I want to say this is that if we're not careful, we're going to spend our little nickel unwisely. We're going to waste it on ourselves. We're going to waste it on fun and fortune. What does it profit a man if he gained the whole world and loses his soul? I want to tell you something. In times like these, the only thing that really counts is do you know you're saved? And do you know you're sanctified? And do you know you're satisfied with God's will? That's wisdom. Discern what to do and where to be and how you ought to live is wisdom. And Folks, the Bible says uh, that the disciples were reacting unwisely to their leader about to go to the cross. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If I told you I'd go to, to pair a place for you, if I go to pair a place for you, I will come again. And then one of the most beautiful descriptions of death in the Bible is, and I'll receive you into myself. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? He'll receive you into his self. Folks, I want to tell you something, when you go to somebody's house, a neighbor or definitely a relative, don't you love to be received, amen, Uh, praise God, I've been to some places and they shut the door and turned the lights off, I looked at my visitation partner and said well how about that, praise God, so we witnessed to the dog, no, we we left tracks on the door and we, you know, banged on the door a little bit more, I'm just that defiant sometimes, but I like to be received. I like to be welcomed. I like to be, and that's exactly what heaven's all about, is that Jesus is going to receive you into himself if you have done this. For he said, you know where I'm going and you know the way. And Thomas looked at him and said, Lord, we know not where thou goest, how can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cover the Father but by me. John 14, 1 through 6. And so, folks, listen. You can't reverse the passing time. I cannot believe how old I am. I still can't figure it out. Where have all the years gone? Amen, brother Howard. We was talking about that the other morning. You know, you know. We we uh, he was complimented because I made him about ten years younger on the service Sunday night. We're you know we're gonna live in heaven forever. Eternity is our is our next stop. And folks, listen. Uh, we need to realize, we, don't need to, we need to surrender to the unavoidable. We need to surrender to the passing of time. And that's why you should never try to relive the past uh, through your children and go to seed on Little League ball games because you never did hit a home run. You want them to hit one. So you're there all the time putting them before God. Um, that's why you shouldn't uh, uh, try to relive your past. Man, learn from the past and grow from the past And don't let the past poison the present and ruin the future. So wisdom is realizing the irreversible passing of time. Then number two, the unstoppable unstoppable, eternal purpose of God. Uh, You cannot escape God's ultimate purpose. You know, this will bring rest to your soul. You can rest and be free from all the pressures of trying to do your best and be your best all the time. Some people are driving themselves crazy trying to get ahead, and you never will, and and trying to be the head, and trying to be most popular, and be rich, and try to stay up with the Joneses. Uh, and folks, listen, we can't. We can rest and be free from that pressure, knowing that God is the best, and His life is the best, His will is the best. Its ultimate wisdom is to submit to the unstoppable eternal purpose of God you can enjoy being who you are and who God made you if you'll just surrender to the unavoidable will of God in Jesus you don't lose your identity you find it everybody's looking for the self image if I hear another sermon on self image I'm going to croak pardon the expression all, every time you turn radio, let's get a better self-image. And all these super duper contemporary um, churches are self-image, self-image. I got to be cool. You don't have to be cool. You need to be, you need to be Christ-like, and that's pretty cool. Say amen. I got a I got a a, a thing from a guy that used to be the assistant pastor with Brother Austin Gardner. His name's Benji. Hope you're watching. And uh, Benji sounds like a dog in a Disney movie, don't it? Benji pardon if anybody's been Benji, you Benji know. old Benji sent me this thing about he was going to go to camp and the camp was a rock and roll, I mean fire coming out of the stage and says you can come and, and experience this week uh, and all your youth you can go to Panama City and we're going to rock and we're going to roll and we're going to have a great time and we're going to change the world. I thought my word, it was the most unheard of looking youth camp I ever seen in my life just give me amazing grace just give me old fashioned preaching amen some of y'all think that's outdated it's never out of season to preach and so God has a more fulfilling plan for your life and that's an unstoppable eternal purpose of God so surrender to the the unavoidable Uh, third of all the unpredictability and certainty of death—you can't beat or cheat death. In Jesus, the absolute most tragic, worst thing that could ever happen to you is that you go to heaven. In Jesus, that's the worst thing—that's that, the worst case scenario, and it's the best case scenario. Say amen. And folks, I, I, I prepared this message a long time before last night, so I'm just not preaching to the choir. The finality of my full and ultimate accountability to God is another thing you can't avoid. So you can't avoid the unpredictable certainty of death. And folks, a lot of people spend thousands and thousands of dollars and years and years and years uh, trying to avoid death. You'll never avoid death unless a rapture takes place. That's the only way you'll miss it. And then the finality and of uh, my full and ultimate accountability to God, you need to avoid uh, ultimately giving a you, you can't avoid ultimately giving account to God. Final judgment is terrifying. But thank God Jesus absorbed that final judgment at the cross of Calvary. Amen. And folks, folks that are not saved, they're going to go straight to hell when they don't have to. Because Jesus paid it all. And Jesus took their sin debt. And he that knew no sin became sin for you. And folks, all we like sheep have gone astray, but praise God... All of us can be saved and all our iniquities can be put in, in him because he is our high priest. 1 John 2 two says he's our advocate. He's our propitiation. That word means he satisfies God's judgment and the wages in his death and somebody had to die and Jesus took your death. So I want to tell you something, you're going to live forever. D.L. Moody one time said when you read in the paper that I'm dead, don't you believe a word of it? I'm more alive than I've ever been before because I'm with Jesus, amen. That's the way we need to look at it and that's the faith we need to have. And folks, that's the wisdom we need to have. Don't pour your life in just this world. Pour your life into God and leave a legacy behind you that'll last forever because I'm going to tell you something, friend. No matter how much money you make or how many times you get written up in the Daily Citizen for being the most popular person on this earth, Folks, it will not count for a hill of beans to your grandchildren if you don't put God first. Wisdom. Wisdom is investing your life into eternity. Surrender to the unavoidable. Then I want you to know also you need to surrender to the uncontrollable. The uncontrollable. Look at verse 9 through 13. All this have I seen and applied my heart unto every work that is done under the sun. There is a time wherein one man ruleth over another to his own hurt. Under the sun, we're in a mess. You know, I mean, just this life is a mess. But look at this. And so I saw the wicked buried who had come and gone from the place of the holy, and they were forgotten in the city where they had so done. This is also vanity. You know what he said? I went to a hypocrite's funeral. I went to a hypocrite's funeral. And he went into the holy place all the time, but he was wicked. He was wicked during the week. He said, this is all vanity. In other words, Solomon was saying, learn the hard way. You need to walk the walk and not just talk the talk. Anybody can come to church, say amen. But I want to tell you something, it takes another kind of person to live it and let their life amen. Amen. Got quiet then, but anyway, that's the truth. So we need to surrender to the unanswerable. I want you to to look at this next verse. It says, Because sentence against sin, evil work is not executed speedily. Therefore, the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Now listen to this. Don't you ever think you can get away with sin. And don't you ever think because God is merciful that he winks at sin. There is a payday someday. There is a harvest coming. One time somebody asked Brother John R. Rice, one of my heroes, when I was just called to preach, said, why is it that this person is prosperous over here that's so wicked. And then all these other Christians like Brother Wesco and others have been uh, martyred and, 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 and do without and sacrifice. What is the problem? He said, I'll tell you why, because God's harvest is not this world. One day, God will bring everything into equality. And God will bring justice. You might say, well, what about? What about, what about, what about, what about this, what about that? And we're all tempted to do that, and we're human. And we want to know why sometimes. But I want to tell you something, folks. God is saying justice will come. And so when you see the sinner thriving, and some old poor Christian ain't doing much and not having much, don't worry, it's not, we're not home yet. And our judgment's not yet. And folks, we are to live for the well done, thy good and faithful servant, and, folks, it didn't say good and faithful celebrity. Amen? Well, I'll tell you what, we we got a brand of Christianity today that has flip-flopped as far as pr- prideful men trying to get the show done when, folks, we need to humble ourselves in the presence of Almighty God and let Him show up. And that's old-fashioned religion, by the way. That's just submitting to God. And, folks, God's saying justice will come. Look at verse 13, no, 12. Though a sinner do evil a hundred times, and his days be prolonged, yet surely I know that it shall be well with them that fear God, which fear before him. He said, listen, that sinner hundred times better off sometimes on this earth. But wait a minute, he said, I know it shall be well with them that fear God. One day, payday. For now it's injustice that abounds. But Jesus is the greater judge. Matter of fact, he's not the greater judge. He's the perfect judge. And so, folks, what is in this book counts. And how we respond to it counts. And, folks, wisdom is what we need. And above all things, we need wisdom. And wisdom is seeking the mind of God. And we have the mind of God because we got the Word of God. Say amen. Some people say, well, I just don't know if I know the will of God. Well, you got it right here. This is the will of God. Read it. Memorize it. I was amazed at the funeral Monday that um, Brother Wesco had memorized most of the New Testament and memorized the book of Jonah. He said, man, that's such a waste. Now he's in heaven. No, he poured it in his children. And he poured it in hundreds of uh, his brothers. He, he was like the daddy to them. And uh, his life will live on and on and on and on. But I want to tell you something, friend. If you would went over to um, God-forsaken god forsaken Africa and just for business what good would it be just to make money he was there to give his life for God and so folks who will justify those who fear him who will judge sin once and for all It's the Lord Jesus Christ and under the sun we're in a mess I don't care who you are or what you are or what you've done or what party you support Folks, this is a mess. Sin has messed everything up. Humans have messed it up. And folks, listen, beyond the sun is beautiful. And folks, until then, I need to trust him with a restful surrender. That's the only thing that gets me by because I'm a restless person. I'm a fixer. I want to fix things. Last night during the video, I wanted to fix it. I couldn't fix it. I just wanted to fix it. All my heart, I wanted to fix it. I'm just a fixer. I want to fix things. but There's some things I can't fix and neither can you. We just got to let God have his way and will and trust him with all our heart even when we're just about to collapse because the breath's knocked out of us. And then last but not least, we need to surrender to the unanswerable. Look at 14 through the end of the chapter real quick, we'll go. I wanna let the kids go home because it's such a bad night. But it's a good night to be in the house, of God. Thank you for being with us. You 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 encouraged me so much by being here. I was thinking about brother Roger and Miss Stacy. They gotta drive one hour and ten minutes to their home through fog and through rain and up these mountains and the nearest Walmart is forty five minutes away and that, that that just gets you insecure right there, praise God. I mean, you can't go get a bottle of water. You can't get nothing. Amen? You're just up there on a mountaintop. And I thought, man, who am I to complain driving 10 minutes in the rain? That couple for 10 years can go and drive two and a half hours to a little mountaintop church where there will probably be about five or six people. Who are we to complain about getting in our air-conditioned car with our windshield wipers working, hopefully, and thank God be in the house of God? I'm preaching to the choir. You're here, but I think everybody ought to be here every time the door's open. Because I want to tell you something. God has spoken to the church tonight. A very timely message. We can't figure it out. And we can't like it. But we got to love God's will. So we got to. So surrender to the unanswerable. What's that, verses 14 through 19? Thank you, brother, putting it up there. It says, there is a vanity which is done under the earth. It's emptiness. That there be just men, we're in chapter 8, verse 14, unto whom it hap- happeneth according to the work of the wicked. Again, there be wicked men to whom it happeneth according to the work of the, of the righteous. I said that this also is vanity. In other words, it's, it's empty. And folks, look at verse 15 now. This is exciting. It says, then I commanded mirth, because a man, a commended mirth, because a man hath no better thing under the sun than to eat and to drink and to be merry. Noah's day, for that shall abide with him of his labor the days of his life, which God giveth him under the sun. Everything that's good and perfect comes from above, especially wisdom. This is, when I applied my heart to know wisdom, here it is, and to see the business that is done upon the earth, For also there is that neither day nor night seeth sleep with his eyes, worried to death, can't sleep. Then I beheld all the work of God. That a man cannot find out the work that is done under the sun, because though a man labor to seek it out, yet he shall not find it. Yea, further, though a wise man think to know it, yet shall he not be able to find it. Go back to verse 1 again. It says this in closing. Who is as a wise man and who knoweth the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom maketh his face to shine and the boldness of his face shall be changed. You know what they're saying? God, if you'll surrender, will give you peace in the midst of a turmoil and uh, tormented, terrible world that we live in relax that is what surrender is it's ability to relax in the reasons of God even when we don't know them. you know what gives me peace and comfort is I don't know but he does you know what gives me and I'll tell you what and I've been there and I've been doing this for 44 years full time ministry sometimes I am so hesitant to make a visit like last night because I don't know what to say. And I don't have the answers. And I'm afraid I'm going to say the wrong thing. But I can rest and surrender knowing that God knows. That's a great truth. God knows. That's wisdom. God knows. And really, that's enough. But we got to figure it. We got to fill it out. We even fake it out sometimes. But I want to tell you something, friend. Surrender accepts. His reasons are. and We don't know how. And We don't know why. God's rationale is higher than man's. His ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. His heart is better than mine. His sense of justice is more perfect than mine. He can be trusted. He can be trusted. Go to the last slide, brother. The sweetness of of your sovereignty in my life and my world is what you ought to say. God, you are sovereign. Now We're not going hyper-Calvinist around here, but we are going to go Lord Jesus, you win. And you are in control, and I'm not. I accept this gladly, and I trust what you are doing right now. I will see your control as something to rest in rather than something to resist. I need that. I've never needed that more than I do tonight. And when I studied this and reviewed this, because I didn't get to it last week, I said, God, you always on time. And you always give this preacher what he needs to get through a service or through another day. Folks, we can resist or we can rest. We can submit and surrender or we can be restless, and that causes mental illness. It's a mind that's divided. It's a mind that's worrying. And it's a mind trying to figure out everything. Folks, that will blow your mind. Folks, we need to rest in the mind of God. I want, to take, I want to give you two verses out of Isaiah 46, some of the most powerful verses of submitting to God when there's trouble in your life I've ever seen. Isaiah 46. you got it up there on the screen if you need the reference. Verse 9 and 10. 46, 9, and 10. I want you to look at these powerful verses. Boy, these are golden nugget verses. This is is the jewel of wisdom for the Word of God that I need particularly tonight. How about you? uh, Isaiah 46, verse 9. The Bible says this. Remember the former things of old, for I am God. And there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me. There is nobody like Him. Now look at this. Verse 10, declaring the end from the beginning. Nobody can do that but God. And from the ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. God speaking. And folks, what that's saying is, you win. I resign. When, God, when you do that, God whispers back and said, no, I know I won. I won it all at Calvary. I'm, I'm God. He is the ultimate winner. But when you say, you win, Lord, you can hear God whisper back and say, because I win, so do you. That's wisdom. Come to me, all you the heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Hey, learn of me, the Bible says. That's wisdom. And you know what that's saying? Yoke up with Him, because His 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 burden is light, His yoke is easy. Praise God, folks. Serving God the easy way is letting Him pull the load. And let Him explain the explaining. And you don't have all the answers. You never will. But praise God, He does. He is the answer. And so I'm not going to try to get into a better plan or a better promotion. Or even try to solve a bitter problem. I'm just going to lean as hard as I can on a better person. He's God. And he's able, and I can relax and rest in this point. God's already won. And he's already been there and he's he's done that. And And he's went ahead and went back and he knows everything he's doing. And it's right and it's good, and it's merciful. And if I can just get that kind of wisdom to res- to surrender, surrender to the unanswerable things and the uncontrollable things and to the, the things that I can't change and the unanswerable, I don't have the answers. Then God will say, you're yoked up with me, son. I'll pull the load to me, all oh, you the heavenly, you write it down, read it when you get home, Matthew 11, 28 through 30. I think I'm going to try to memorize that for Friday. I think I almost know it, but I think I really need to engrave it in my heart this week and give it to somebody that's hurting. Father, thank you for this night. Thank you, Lord, for the precious few people that showed up tonight. And I pray, God, they didn't regret it, but they heard from heaven. Lord, one of the most confusing chapters I ever read was chapter 8 until I read it about 20 times and studied it for a few weeks. And God, thank you for using it to speak to my heart so very timely, so very appropriately, and to the folks of Whitfield Baptist Church. Lord, maybe I need to preach this again Sunday morning because, Lord, there's a lot of questions. We don't have the answers but God we can rest in knowing that you do and that you make no mistake and that no one ever cared for us like you do so Lord have your will and way and Lord we're not going to try to go to the reasoning room we just want to go to the altar in faith and say God you got this and you know what's best Lord, you can give grace in the time of need. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, and we apologize if we've ever doubted you. Thank you. Thank you for wisdom to not waste our problems. And to come to you unwaveringly by faith and trust you.